Now it's time for the Southern Cross. So you are listening to Southern Cross uh, with Pacific Media Watch contributing editor Shri Krishnamurthy. I've also got journalist Michael Fields with me on the phone um, and I thought today we'd start off chatting to Michael uh, about the saga with the University of South Pacific. So how, how are you getting on Michael? I'm fine, thanks very much. Great. Well, I, I thought, I remember hearing about the University of South Pacific last year, so do you mind just giving me a bit of background as to what the situation is? Well, it's essentially a battle for who the University of South Pacific, which is headquartered in Suva, and has been for over 50 years, over who it actually serves and who controls it. It, it was established... Um, when a former New Zealand Air Force base there was turned into a university as as the major and often only university available for the increasing number of Pacific states that were uh, turning independent. And over the years, it's become the premier regional institution. Um, but as this has happened, um, some countries uh, like Samoa, like Fiji itself, um, and others have created uh, their own domestic universities. And the University of the South Pacific, whilst it's popular uh, as a recipient for aid money, uh, and New Zealand and Australia essentially fund it, uh, it has um, become something of a target for Fiji, which uh, wants to control it. And uh, some people claim that they're even trying to nationalise it and, and uh, have all administration and all political control of it in Fiji. Um, the rest of the Pacific clearly don't like this, uh, certainly don't want it to happen, and uh, the, the, the battle has now sort of devolved down to a personality battle uh, on the campus, uh, which is really affecting the university rather badly. And it, of course, it is set against the background of a, of a Fiji government that is, in effect, only one election removed from a coup and is controlled by people who uh, uh, initially seized power in a military coup. So there's not a lot of faith in the people that Fiji have uh, put up as to try and run the university. Because mm, recently, uh, not recently actually, last year I think, there were some allegations of misuse of finances. And so is this something that's still a concern? Well, this is the the, the cause celeb, if you like. Um, back in uh, 2018, the, uh, the Vice-Chancellor Rajesh Chandra uh, was due to retire and uh, a new Vice-Chancellor, a, a, a Canadian-educated academic, Professor Paul Aluwalia, uh, was appointed at the end of 2018. And he came in and discovered um, in some vivid detail an extraordinary array of uh, financial both financial mismanagement and, I would argue, uh, straight up and up fraud. Um, there were many of the senior academics and many of the senior support staff were taking salaries and allowances in excess of anything that they were entitled to. And there was really open questions about some of the 
people who had were getting jobs. Uh, the, the most vivid one is a, a case of a of a chap who claims a doctorate, um, and it has now been revealed that you, it's a doctorate you you send money to, and they post you an online certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's uh, his salary is rather extraordinary. Yeah, but... So Alawalia took these claims in a report to the USP Council, and they, uh, needless to say, were somewhat shocked. Um, and uh, an international accountancy firm, the Auckland office of it, BDO, was hired to essentially audit what was going on. And the report came out uh, in August last year and was immediately uh, declared secret and only a limited number of copies of the report were ever uh, produced. Um, but it did go to the 12 nations of the Pacific that own the USP. Um, and um, they these were, they were all shocked by it all, of course, mm. and insisted on action. But the Fijians, through the pro-chancellor, and you'd have to say that the management of USP is heavy in all sorts mm, of titles. I'm wondering, why is it that um, Paul Awawalia has, has been suspended? What's the reasoning behind that? Well, the Fiji element of the USP management then trumped up a series of charges against Awawalia for making allegations about the staff. So they suspended him and uh, put in yet another fellow, uh, Professor Armstrong, who actually features in the BDO report. So the whole business is becoming um, essentially a you said, we said, and in, in, in the sort of next stage, um, the political head, the ceremonial political head of, of USP is always a head of government. Um, and the incoming uh, head of USP is Nauru's president, Lionel Ingamaya, who's a former USP student himself, a law student. Mm. And he's pretty hot under the collar about it all. And he's summoned a special meeting of the council. It'll happen this Wednesday. It has to happen online because of COVID Mm. restrictions. But there was just a a damning letter over the last weekend. Yeah, my my final um, question is kind of... We've seen so New Zealand gives 5.3 million in funds uh, to the university, and so what is MFAT doing about this? The New Zealand representative on the council wants the meeting, and uh, they're fairly uh, anxious about it. But uh, New Zealand is always cautious when it comes to misspending of aid in the Pacific, um, hoping that the Pacific Island nations will resolve it themselves. But I would say this this story's got a distance to go yet. Mm. And, um, yeah, Shri, was there anything you wanted to ask uh, Michael? No, not particularly. Um, Michael, thank you very, very, very much for coming on today. Yeah. And um, it's um, so good to have you here, um, especially as the video <laughs> reporters leaked to you. And, um, uh, well, indeed. Yeah. It arrived off the back of a truck along yes. with a whole of the <laughs> as, as usual, as usual. Great. Well, thank you so much yeah. uh, for today and for speaking to me, Michael, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon in the future. Take care. Lovely. Thank you.
Great. Well, then we'll move on to kind of the second and third subjects we wanted to talk about today with Sri. Uh, and first, I'd like to begin with talking about uh, Papua Lives Matter, which is something that has arisen in parallel with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. What have you noticed so far recently? I, um, we must give it more um, more um, exposure as, as such. I mean, for, for instance, in New Zealand, they're tearing down statues. That's no good. Better, better for them to be standing up for West Papua. Um, and uh, the the road, the road which is built in West Papua, which John Martin wrote, wrote about, um, we discussed it a couple of weeks ago. And um, he um that's that's really opening up the West Papuan territory to all kinds of things, um, diseases, um, exploitation, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and the Grassberg Mines, for instance, is is the largest gold mine in the Pacific, and the copper mines there are the second largest in the world. Mm-hmm. And that um, so that's why Indonesia is never going give, to give up West Papua. Um, Indonesia took over West Papua in 1963 after the Dutch left in 1962. And um, for, for, since then, they have forced West Papuans to uh, live um, a, a completely um, ignorant life. Um, that's why we have so many students here. We have 120 students in New Zealand um, because the, um, the governor of West Papua, Lucas Mbembe, knows the, knows the importance of this. Because mm, that's something that... Uh there's growing discussion about the importance of indigenous rights and indigenous freedoms in, in New Zealand, Aotearoa. And so I'm wondering, is this going to be reflected in the kind of discourse that happens with the West Papuans? Well, I hope so. I mean, the West Papuan, I mean, the, the longer we stand up for West Papua, the more, the more coverage we get, the more exposure we get. Um, Murray Ledbetter is, is a really outspoken person for West Papua. I mean, I didn't even know West Papua existed until I came to university um, mm-hmm. in uh, 2017. And uh, worked with, worked with Professor David Roby. Um, that's that's why I'm aware of it now, and I'm I'm really hot under the collar for for it, um, so, because they deserve they deserve their freedom. Because historically, there's been substantial amounts of violence and oppression yeah. towards uh, Papuans from the community and from the government. And so, uh, I was just reading up in, in uh, five years ago, um, Indonesian President um, Jokowi. Pledged, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, pledged to free all Papuan political prisoners. No, they ha- they, he hasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. they have 46 prisoners, political prisoners in prison now. And um, he, he, doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be going back on his words. I mean, he, um, he, uh, that's, that's a terrible thing. I mean, Phil, Philip Kama, who used to be a, pres- uh, who used to be a um, prisoner in, uh, 19, uh, five years ago, and has come out and has said this, that Joko Widodo promised him that he, he would free all political prisoners. Mm. And and so, uh, is it possible? Do you think in the near future, with international pressure, that uh, the West Papuans will get independence from Indonesia? Well, first of all, it's got to be on New Zealand and Australia's case, and um, they've got they've got to be seen to be doing the right thing. But they seem to be co-towing to Indonesia because they, because of the trade, mm. and um, that's trade is important, but not as important as lives. And we stood up for we stood up for South Africa in 1981. Why can't we stand up for West Papua mm, in 2020? Yeah, so I think we've seen a tendency to complacency from New Zealand and Australia towards West Papua. Uh, and secondly, today I wanted to chat about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which there was a protest about it yesterday, which you attended. Yes. And I wanted to kind of focus today on. Um, 
really appreciate that there was a lot of discourse yesterday at the protest about the racism experienced by our Pacifica community. And so what kind of, uh, what do you hope sees to change around the way we talk about well, for instance, I mean, there's just a large, large crowd there mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, that is a good thing. I mean, that's, that shows that black lives do matter and um, the Polynesian lives do matter. I took a picture of uh, two young girls um, mm-hmm. holding up banners and they were both Polynesian. Um, for instance, I mean, um, it, it was a really good thing. It's a really good thing to see um, at, at the, at the um, protest. Mm-hmm. Particularly, um, particularly mm-hmm. when you consider the, consider the, uh, the Panther movement, the Polynesian Panthers movement mm-hmm. started in 1971 on June 16, um, for, with five men being arrested. Um, among them were Will Elohir, who is a very good close, close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he has been pretty much the focus point of um, the, the Black Panther movement, uh, the Panther movement, uh, Polynesian Panthers, uh, for that matter. Um, and... Um, when he, was, when he was arrested twice, mm. in this, um, the second time, Desmond Tutu came over from South Africa to back him. And that's why he was never, never convicted. Mm. Finally, my, my final question for today uh, is that recently we saw that armed police has now been... Um, well, they've, they've changed it. So now they're using, I think, rubber, rubber-coated bullets. Um, so bullets. It, it, yeah, sponge bullets. So it's, it has been a triumph, and they're, they're taking armed police out of predominantly Māori and Pacifica... Communities, but there's still the issue with with the bullets. Is that well, I mean, what's happening there? Well, I mean, those bullets uh, can hurt you and they can harm you. Mm. And um, they, they, if they if they hit you in the eye, you go blind. Mm. That, that's that's a that's a fact. Mm. And um, predom- predom- predominantly, the, the trials were carried out in South Oakland, mm. and that's that's um why not why not Remuera? Mm. Why not other places? Why not North Coast? Mm. Um, why why South Oakland? Mm. Because they're, they're deliberately targeting. Um, Pacifica and uh, Maori communities. Mm-hmm, sure. Well, um, I look forward to um, hearing you chat and pop in next week. It's nice to have Shri in the studio um, <laughs> this week. And um, we're going to just head off uh, into uh, James's segment on uh, water storage. So that is uh, coming up next. That was the Southern Cross.